Let's go. Deadbeat trying to close things out right here. We have another splat. It's 4-1. Blue ring ducklings. They have time for one more final push. Did they get enough? Oh. That's close. This that is good. That is close. This is in Judd's pause right here. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Our final score. I, I can't tell you from my vantage point. No. Let's see here. Quiet. And the victory for the blue ringed octolings, 44.7. They get the initial victory over Deadbeat. And Ashley, it was the final six seconds that we saw of Fine. blue ringed octolings. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 11. I'm Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is Bryce DeWitt. Hey, hey. And for the first time ever uh, on the show, we've got the Blue Ringed Octolings, Sponge, Bev, and Maddie Coomer. Guys, how are you going? Good, thank you. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Uh, I've actually just finished um, up watching uh, your uh, E3 uh, Invitational. You guys have done like an amazing job getting that far, and you've done uh, a great job there as well. Um, how was the experience? Uh, <laughs> it was surreal from the beginning, honestly, because when we were first told about the tournament, just in Australia, we didn't know how like far we would go. Yeah, yep. And and even once we made it to the end, we didn't know exactly what the what the prize would be. Oh, okay. So they were being knew, sneaky. We, yeah, we knew we would be going to E3, but we didn't know there was a tournament there at the time. We just thought uh, we'd be getting like a free holiday. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty crazy, like even seeing it pop up for Australia and New Zealand and being like, wait, Nintendo's actually recognizing our part of the world. We actually get to be a part of this. Yeah, see, that was, was, that pretty... was what I was thinking when uh, it happened as well, like... We're so far out of the way that they generally just don't think about it. Mm. I mean, yeah, we, exactly. We have our own division of Nintendo here, but we never seem to pay much attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just crazy. Oops, sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> um, I have to ask, though, how was LA? Um, for me personally, it was my first time overseas, so that was enough honor in itself but the fact that we got to do it for something gaming related and we got to meet lots of people that we recognized but we never knew personally oh that'd be yeah. awesome <laughs> it was really cool and obviously e3 is something that i never thought that i'd ever go to really because it's only just been opened up to the public um and it's just so far away and just not enough things can fall in the line to get to go. It was just so cool. So, do you get to play much while you were there? Play much, as in games like games at E3? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, not so much from other other companies, but <laughs> yeah, as course. far as Nintendo goes, <laughs> Nintendo would um, let you out. <laughs> yeah. Um. We had really, really lovely Nintendo staff. Because we weren't exactly... Nobody said to us, um, you know, come over here to play games. But we just went up to someone and asked. We're like, is there any way that we can play Salmon Run or something like that? Mm. And then they're like, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and they're taking us over, over to a VIP lounge and asking this person. And they were doing all sorts of little things to get us our own time. Yeah, so we did end up getting a session. Mm. That's when we ended up meeting Reggie and Charles Martinet and no a bunch way. of other press, press people that we... Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, that's so cool. That would have been awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been such a shame to go that far and not be able to play anything or experience E3. Yeah, you're just there for Splatoon only. Yeah, you're yeah. Just sitting, <laughs> sitting in the motel room, just like, oh, man. <laughs> the first day of E3, we, we didn't have time to do anything other than the tournament because we had to prepare for it as well. Yeah, yeah the, that's fair the enough. Next, the next day, we could do whatever we wanted. We tend to stuck around the Nintendo area for stuff like that, but it was really... Right, you know, do whatever we wanted. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, just one thing I'm curious about, like, when when the when like the arms invitational and that happened, like was we we sort of like wondering like how much extra time like you got Splatoon two to play before the actual tournament happened because it seems like you get chucked in the deep end just playing competitive these games that aren't even out yet. Well, Essentially, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the craziest thing because it's so similar to the first game in a lot of a lot of aspects. Yeah, of but course. There is yeah. enough. There is enough different stuff that one small thing could throw off or make you lose a game. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, aside from our um, any of the what's it called test fires that we took part at of at home, which everybody had access to, we got right. about four hours total gameplay before E3 oh, yeah. um, and only two of those hours were by ourselves with our team because the other one was like a mixer session with the other teams <clears throat> where we weren't allowed to be on the same team as another of our teammates it had mm-hmm. to be split up alright so it's like you, you, was, were there any things when you were playing that sort of come up you know, oh this is different in the sequel something you weren't expecting or was it all yeah. sort of the build that we played at E3 was different from the ones online. Oh. So there's a lot of things that the public didn't know about yet, like yep. a certain stage and a couple of weapons and even just the layout of the menus and stuff. Because hmm. uh, Bryce and I, we're, we're, we don't really have any clue about competitive Splatoon. We, we really enjoy the game, but we don't really uh, know <laughs> we're not that great at it well I, I'll speak for myself and saying that Bryce is <laughs> I'm getting there I'm getting there <laughs> yeah. I didn't get to invest much time in Splatoon 1 because my gamepad broke which is unfortunate Aww. it's yeah. a real necessity for that game oh, especially in the original yeah like there's no way around it just for the original game what sort of drew you to Splatoon what made you really uh, get invested in, in it and sort of want to get better at it and eventually get to where you are? Well, it first started out just as a typical Nintendo game. It's like, oh, this looks fun. I'll try it out. You buy it, you play it, you find it's fun, and you just have to see if it's right for you. (laughs) I didn't start playing competitively for a while. I just played by myself and randomly online and wanted to unlock everything. And then once I did that, I just wanted to play with more people. And I think competitive gaming is a great extension of that Mm. so it sort of just naturally happened did it yeah that's right yeah Yeah, same for me Um, when the game first came out I was kind of like oh this looks cool but I wasn't 100% sure whether I was going to buy it or not and I think maybe a couple days after it was out I decided okay I'll, I'll go buy it I'll try it out and I keep playing it I found a community of New Zealanders online on a Facebook group um, and started playing with some of those guys a little bit more regularly. And I only started playing competitively about 
I don't know, less than a year ago. Oh, I just right. decided yeah. that I wanted to play more regularly with more people. And yeah, I just looked to see who was recruiting. And I joined yeah. the Blue Ring Doctorlings. Oh, very cool. See, it's a refreshing thing to hear because a lot of a lot of success stories you hear a lot of people just like, oh, I, I put I put fourteen hours a day into my game, and uh, <laughs> I uh, made sure I drank three energy drinks to keep myself alert at all times, and you know, I, I quit my job. There's people that have quit their job for competitive gaming. It's refreshing to hear that it's just you know a casual mindset had led you to this. You didn't have to Definitely. invest so much time just to end up where you are definitely it's always just been um fun for us like it's a game that we enjoy we're gonna play it often but it's not always about intense training sessions or anything it's just this game's fun i'm gonna play it for a while especially when you have a team that you play with regularly you can just sometimes you train together but sometimes you just goof off and do the most crazy things yeah <laughs> go in all one particular weapon or whatever and see if you can pull it off <laughs> yeah especially if one person uses that weapon normally because then they can show everyone how it's done yeah <laughs> kind of like a practice range essentially <laughs> jumping into randoms matches and having somebody yell at you telling you you're not using it correctly <laughs> What do you guys think of the uh, the new game, uh, Splatoon 2? Is it uh, what you guys, like, were uh, wanting? wanting from a sequel? Yeah. yeah. I think it is. It's it's incredibly fun, just like the first one, but it gets rid of a lot of frustrating aspects. Like, the meta of the first Splatoon game really stabilised once they stopped updating it. And <laughs> I, I don't want to say it was getting stale, but you could tell what was getting... what was considered the best, and since... It wouldn't be updated anymore. It's like it's not going to change. Whereas this new game is really refreshing. Definitely, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, there are a lot of aspects that people talk about in Splatoon One, like the invincibility specials, which were considered like broken. But um, I think a big part of that was because of connection issues in the first game, um, a little bit of lag. Because we noticed going into lands, um, bubbles and krakens, things like that, they were nowhere near as bad when you had the same connection when you were going locally. So removing those things, even though they were good intentioned in the first game, it just kind of breaks away from some of those more um, broken aspects, if you want to call them that. Um, I feel like they've tried to really even the playing field for Splatoon 2. Even looking at the maps, they're pretty open there's no um i wouldn't see any weapons kind of reign supreme on any of the maps so far anyway um and yeah just an even playing field yeah so they've really thought about sort of uh what what worked and didn't work in the first game and sort of refined it in the second game that's what yeah yeah definitely they've thought Mm. about it a lot See, I, I think that's I think that's the beauty of it is a lot of people complain all the time about how games like Call of Duty doesn't change every year, which is understandable, of course. But like with something like Splatoon that doesn't come out for a couple years, just to refresh it and push sort of push it forward a little bit is probably what it needed. It really didn't need to change drastically, and I think it's good for all the communities as well because it just allows them to go, hey, I know this game, I can pick it up, I can play it, and I can continue on where I was, where I left off, essentially. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think they're definitely building upon the last game rather than trying to start fresh or anything. If they gave um, the first Splatoon game just a port to the Switch like they did for Mario Kart or something, we'd probably all still play it, but they would have to keep doing updates to it. Otherwise, it probably would get stale at that point and people yeah. would be disappointed. See, absolutely. I talked about this on the show last week, actually, um, about ARMS and Splatoon. Uh, I said as long as as long as both games see sort of regular content updates, I feel like they just remain in a good place, naturally. Yeah, people tend to return to the game whenever there's a notable update. Yep, exactly. Mm. Like a new weapon just came out yesterday, I see. Well, maybe it was today. It was yeah today. Yeah, just an hour ago. <laughs> was it today? Yeah, I haven't I haven't got a chance to play it yet. But yeah, the new dualies. Yeah, yep. Um. At this current at this current stage, new consoles come out. Splatoon Two has just come out. Do you feel like um, the Australian Splatoon community is still thriving as it was before, or do you feel like oh. it's maybe dropped down a little bit? Or no, it's thriving more than ever. We've had more people join the community in the last week than we have for <laughs> yeah. the last few months of last year. That's awesome. Yeah, and mm. there's been loads of new teams starting up too. Like um, before the. Uh, AUNZ Cup there was probably only a small handful of teams like three or four major Australian teams and now there's been just more and more signing up that we're learning about and they're being formed and they're playing regularly that's really cool yeah I I was just up at Avcon uh, last weekend and um, yeah, I was looking for people to play with because the game literally came out that day and uh, I, I went over to where all the Splatoon tournaments were going on and I I was just blown away with like how how many people there were there, like doing it all. Like I'm a huge Nintendo fan, but I I just know nothing about just the uh, the competitive side of it. It's it's really good to see. Like I love seeing um something like that like come to the Nintendo side of things because like for, for the most part, apart from Super Smash Brothers, I would say there's not really that scene. Yeah, definitely not so yeah. much, Nintendo. and especially um. I feel like because it's a team game as well, it's really cool to see the teams out there rather than yeah. something like Smash Bros. can tend to be, you know, just one competitor solo stuff. Yeah, just one-on-one Final Destination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo seemed to have been pushing a more competitive side to their games recently because mm. not only have they made this and made a tournament for it, they made Pokémon and ARMS as well. Yeah, yeah. And before that, there was like the Smash Brothers Invitational two years ago. Nothing really came from that. Whereas now they look like they're interested in doing more. Hmm. Well, even in like the announcement for the Switch, they were sort of trying to push that eSports sort of angle with uh, Splatoon 2. Yeah, that's right. Before we even knew it was Splatoon 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all thought it was a port at that point. Yeah. <laughs> a, port, a port with hairstyles and pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah actually yeah at, at avcon everyone was doing that they had eight switches around this round table and they had a everyone had their pro controller out doing what they were doing <laughs> i thought i'd never see that but no <laughs> that's the cool thing about it is it makes it so easy with the switches yeah you can have a tournament anywhere hmm. it's definitely at home on the switch because you can just put it in your pocket and bring it with you and get a team of four and you know, go online or do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. You're just making me imagine people rolling around Adelaide as a four squad, like sunglasses <laughs> yeah. on, switches half hanging out their pockets because they're so big. Yeah. <laughs> in those um, 
in those uh, white robes what the guys were wearing when they announced it that's good research <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah yeah <laughs> you're bringing uh, doctor's coat yeah. type of deal <laughs> god um I got to ask a little bit about the Oz NZ Cup because unfortunately I didn't catch it. It wasn't really it wasn't really pushed as much as the E3 comp was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a part of that is the fact that it was just Australia and not worldwide. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, and I, f- I feel like they. Sorry, go on. The Australian tournament didn't have any official stream. It was just the people in Melbourne who decided to rock out. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I saw. I watched the highlights video at the end. I think yeah, that might have been like one of the only the videos there. Yeah, yeah. They they never released the uh, the full footage. It was just yeah. the highlights. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think that's where I think that's where Nintendo Australia kind of lacks. Mm. Is they don't have a lot of PR at all. They kind of just mm. like they kind of just like, hey, here's here's this game. We're doing a tournament for it. Now turn up in Melbourne, or you're not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's similar for the Switch when they uh, when the media went on with the Switch, they didn't do anything that either. It was just people with their cameras, you know, doing vlogs and stuff. That's the only... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they have been improving in the advertisement aspect. Like, even when I went to the football a few weeks ago, they had a booth there and they oh, yeah. had... They were showing it at halftime. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Mario was at the footy. <laughs> 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 I've seen it on Facebook. I'm like, what? That'd be so weird. I think, yeah. I just think over the years, it's one of those things that Nintendo Australia at least had to improve on. I feel like... I feel like Reggie does a great job <laughs> in America. Yeah. He's become a meme sensation over most of the world <laughs> over the years. So, like, I think I think he's completely fine in that regard. He's doing that over there, but we don't really have anybody to think of when we're here. So we need a CEO that's uh, meme-worthy. Is that what you're saying? We need a clone of Reggie. <laughs> they can just send a Reggie to here. You could and, be a Reggie uh, clone. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't think I have the same spunk as good old Reggie, our Lord and Savior. But, no, you know, your body's not ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't forget about that trailer for E three a few years ago where they had made that Reggie robot. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the best. Mega sixty fours video. Yeah, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I just remember watching that live and just pissing my pants at that. It was. <laughs> So good, literally. It was so good. Oh well, hey, I might as well have been. <laughs> it was just so good. Mm. Just like the um, when they announced Smash Bros. Uh, when was it? Two thousand and thirteen. Thirteen or fourteen? It was. And it was twenty thirteen. Yep. Yeah. You got it on point. Um, <laughs> the uh, fight between Reggie and Iwata. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was the 2014 one where they announced Mies yeah, yeah. the Mies that's right so it's like oh you can make Reggie and Iwata fight in the game <laughs> yeah oh god just watching that like oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favourite E3 moment I think yeah <laughs> I won't lie it was just funny to watch those those two people in that setting rest in peace Iwata and everything oh <laughs> but like that's one of my favourite like favourite memories of him was that trailer and then he uh, puts down the Mario Amiibo and the Mario Amiibo beats Reggie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh god here we go and then started like the insurgence of there was I think in the early days of Smash somebody had trained up a Jigglypuff Amiibo so much <laughs> that it came like yeah, second in a right. tournament <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy yeah. 
Actually, just going back to E3, like, were, were you guys, like, super nervous going like going into it? Or were you pretty uh, well-composed? We, we weren't because there was no real major prize. The prize for us was going to E3. Oh, right, yeah. And if we won E3, it would have just been like, oh, here's a few photos and recognition. But <laughs> yeah. We were, in, we were here's in some just bragging to have rights. fun. And we, yeah. we knew we were the underdogs from the start, too. And... I feel like we were more nervous just by the fact we were at E3 just so overwhelmed. Like, how are we here? How is this happening? Yeah, for sure. Like, I... Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I couldn't tell you how many times I've wished to go to E3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we were happy to have lots of support um, as well, not just from our Australian friends, but, like, all over Twitter. There were people we never heard of who just said, like, oh, I love this new team. Yeah, lots of the um, people around there seem to be giving us support. Lots of the um, the Nintendo stuff as well seem to be giving support. Yep. Mm. Sounds like you had a pretty comfortable time by the way you were talking about how, you know, you could go, could go and play some Salmon Run on demand and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, <That's> definitely. Right. <laughs> I mean... If I paid a thousand dollars a ticket, like I'd be the stingiest person on planet Earth, to be honest. And I know I wouldn't get anything because I'd just be a general public guest. But like a thousand dollars a ticket, like it wasn't that much a ticket. It was like three hundred American bucks. No, it wasn't. I think it was. Like it was expensive. How much? Do you guys know how much it was? No, not a clue. No. Um, it wasn't a thousand bucks. It was. It was expensive. I don't, I don't think it was that much. But it wasn't that much. Um, a lot of people I've heard reported on it said it was about that much. I think it was about 300 bucks. Like you sure? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a thousand bucks though. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Considering I had such a limited amount of space, I wouldn't be surprised. You you think about it. Mm. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of people... <laughs> I'd been listening to, listening to podcasts yesterday that even brought it up. They said the tickets were freaking expensive. Mm. Like well, they were. Expensive. It's, it's not like going to a concert. It's a three day thing, so it'd be really expensive for the three days, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. When you look mm. at it that way, but um, yeah, I think I think it might have been the three hundred dollars or whatever for one day. Yeah, that might have been yeah, what it was. That sounds about correct. Just yeah. the waiting lines all day. <laughs> well, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have to wait in many lines for whatever you got to do, or did you just get instant access? We, we could have waited in lines, but. We were mostly just wanted to see what everything was like yeah. and meet people and it turns out it worked out in our favour in the end because we just had to ask to go to the press area and play games as much as we wanted for an hour. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Did you play some uh, play much Mario Odyssey, which was the highlight of the show by yeah, most we, we, standards? We, we took turns at that. <laughs> awesome. We also played like Pokemon and Mario and Rabbids. Yep. That game looks pretty good. I played it um, last weekend as well. Yeah, it's actually exceeded all expectations of like everyone. Mm. Yeah, we we had a we had a bit of a rant on the show before it was actually announced, like because it, it just sounds ridiculous. But like Ubisoft has done a great job with it. I think I think it's going to really surprise lots of people. Totally. I, t- I take my words back a little bit uh, from from said podcast because I saw the picture of the guy crying at the <laughs> announcement and I was just like oh god I feel bad now for saying what the hell is this sort of thing because I I just treat rabbits as the minions of the video game world I really I really hate rabbits I can't stand yeah. them 
And like the trailer doesn't change my mind. The trailer for the thing was like, "Hey, look, it looks pretty, but my god, what is this peach rabbit taking a selfie?" Like, <laughs> I, 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 I know. And then, um, yeah, then <laughs> you got this fella crying. He's like, "Oh my god, I got to work with me and my I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry that I hate you, game too." <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably enjoy it, but God, I would not. I, I noticed that there was like a eight playable characters or something in the game from one of the uh, E3 videos, and four of them are rabbits and four of them are Mario characters. I just never choose the rabbit characters. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's something about them I can't stand. Mm, you probably don't get a choice, but uh, who knows? I just <laughs> it won't be a day one for me, unfortunately. So you guys are. Big Nintendo fans, I take, seeing as like how into Splatoon you guys are. Um, what what were like? What was the first system and the first game that like really like made made you think like Nintendo is like one of the publishers which I enjoy their titles the most? Uh, for me, it was actually pretty late because I didn't grow up with them like as a toddler. I just bought a DS in two thousand and seven when I was in year six. Yeah. So I could play Mario Kart with my mates at school. <laughs> and, then, and then from then on, like, I bought a Wii so I could play Brawl. Then I bought a 3DS and then I bought a Wii U. And it just. I was in love with their games. Whereas with Sony and Microsoft, it's like their stuff started to feel the same. So I stopped buying their things and just stuck with Nintendo, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like. Th- yeah, the DS was a great sort of. Uh, entry console feel from Nintendo because that's where a lot of their games sort of become more like fully featured like Mario Kart DS was great uh, they you know they ported Mario 64 to it uh, New Super Mario Bros that's where the Mario came back to 2D after probably a decade yep. and stuff like that yeah since Mario World yeah yeah what about you Maddie? Um. well I've always kind of had Nintendo in my life my Grandma used to have a original NES, which I'd play uh, Mario and Duck Hunt and stuff, but I didn't put too much thought into it, uh, and I kind of went through my life with a lot of Sony games. Um, I'd have the classic PS1 titles, you know, Spyro, Crash, all those mm-hmm, kind of games, nice. <laughs> um, but it probably wasn't until my older brother actually bought a GameCube and he started bringing back all these GameCube games and I was like oh my god like every single one of these ones that I play is just amazing and pretty much from then I was sold on Nintendo and just keep buying Nintendo consoles yeah because it's not many people who have a GameCube as their first system like first Nintendo system usually it's a you know a SNES or a 64 Wii yeah yeah like I'd kind of played little bits of it like um, if friends had it or whatever but yeah, that was GameCube was the first one that I actually was able to spend time with, had my own games and just yeah, big PlayStations. GameCube was such a good console too. I absolutely love it. Um when I when I went to purchase mine when I was younger, oh well, I didn't I didn't go to purchase it and it was too much money out of my pocket, but when I asked for a gift, um <laughs> I think they were only like $99 as well. Like they were going out the door near the end of their lifespan. They were kind of just like, "Hey, you know, here's $99 you get a free game with it sort of thing at like Kmart and um it kind of, it kind of met that fate of like the PS2 and the Xbox were there and they were that's where that fate started to hit it wasn't so much with the 64 but mm. yeah with the GameCube 
because of its uh, tiny discs and its <laughs> niche sort of library in comparison to the other two. Like it, yeah. It's funny with his GameCube. Actually, he sold his GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that person must have given it to someone else, and then somehow one of my friends ended up with it, and he didn't want it, so. Now he's given it to me, so now I have his old GameCube. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, my GameCube is here, sitting on the table right now with a uh, Game Boy Advance player attached to it, which I could never find the disc for. Yeah, it kills me. All I want to do is play Pokemon on the TV. (laughs) I can't can't find the disc. I can't find it. I don't know where it's gone. It just disappeared on me. But um, yeah, I I look at this GameCube right now and I go, I played so much crap on this and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so much Mario Party Mario Party Melee mm. whatever it was all good Double Dash oh my god Double Dash yeah I loved playing the Wind Waker on it oh, oh yeah. yeah so good that was Easily. the only Zelda the only Zelda game where I actually drew out a map on paper <laughs> oh wow <laughs> nice that's a, that's a big world to do a map on too oh, oh yeah you just gotta mark down which islands are where <laughs> mm just take the whole lounge room up with a big spread out map. <laughs> uh, so just going forward to now, what do you guys think of the Switch? Are you happy with it? I'm extremely I... happy with it. Even just, just Splatoon 2, really. I've got my money's worth. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it. The only thing that I've had issues with is Wi-Fi range, but... Mm, yeah. Seems to be yeah. a bit, bit low, doesn't it? Yeah, like mine's on your. Like, sorry, sorry. I was just gonna say it's in the same spot that like my Wii U and all my other consoles are in, and I just it can't connect from there. (laughs) That's so frustrating. Yeah, mine's only like probably ten meters away, and it's on it's on like a just one bar, which is yeah pretty sad. (laughs) Could be because of the walls mainly, I would say. Yeah, wall interference is the biggest thing. Yeah. It's the, yeah, I understand it's still a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, even when the doors open though, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm absolutely loving it, and especially that quick change from TV mode to portable mode. It's just so good. Yeah. Have you guys um, played much uh, Breath of the Wild? Not yes. on the Switch because I bought it for the Wii U when it came out. Yep. All right. I didn't because I didn't know when I would have a Switch, and I ended up getting one two months later. And yep. I regret, <laughs> regret it. How is it on the Wii U? Um, well, I can't really compare because I haven't played both. But <laughs> well, no, yeah, <laughs> not so much. But like, do you notice? Do you notice? I don't know shortcomings in like I don't uh, know, maybe frame drops in particular places or there's frame drops in towns, but that's all I really have noticed. That's strange. I don't think I've I don't think I've experienced much of that on the Switch. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I only ask because I, I, um, I usually opt for the version of the current time console, um, despite the fact that, you know, uh, I really wanted Twilight Princess on GameCube because I wanted to just play with the controller and stuff like that. But then obviously it was impossible to find a copy of Twilight Princess on GameCube. Oh, tell me about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, 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 I can't even um, I can't even say that I've seen a copy of the Wii U Breath of the Wild <laughs> around our area. Uh, I, I seen them early on, but no, don't see them anymore. No, it's really strange. 
but I suppose it just ended up in the GameCube sense as well. It'll probably end up in the same rarity value as the GameCube Twilight Princess at this point. It probably will. It's probably so actually worth picking them, up. Probably. You're saying they made the right choice? <laughs> hey, it might be worth money. <laughs> because it's... Um, because, yeah, I, I don't see it anywhere. We live uh, to the second big... Sec, uh, close to the second biggest city in the state and I couldn't find it anywhere there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only sent a couple of copies at Target. And then, never since then. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them at EB Games, haven't seen them at Big W, yeah, nowhere. Um, are you going to pick it up for Switch? Maybe someday, when I want to play through it again, and if I play through it again, I'm, wanting, I'm going to want to do it portably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it was definitely, even though it was pretty much the only game I had for it when it came out, it was just... I don't know, being able to play that wherever I wanted it, whether it was in my house or on the go, you know, it was just awesome to have, like, this big open world in my hands. And mm. I Like, a lot of times I was cooking tea, put out the dock, take off the Joy-Cons, <laughs> flip the burgers, you know, pick up the Joy-Cons quick, fight something, put them down, flip the burger again. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you guys played any arms? That's uh, probably the other major... Um, exclusive uh, multiplayer game. Have you played much of that? I haven't touched it, honestly. I haven't had a chance to. I'm really interested in it, but I'm just kind of waiting it out at the moment, seeing what's happening with everyone else playing it. Yeah. yeah I played the um, the Test Punch, and that was lots of fun. Um, and I didn't pick it up because I knew Splatoon 2 would come out a month later, and I'd spend all my time with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, probably, I'll probably pick it up someday when I know who else has played it and they've added lots of stuff to it it's funny because that was a lot of people's argument at the time too is they were like Splatoon 2 is coming out in the month I know I know it was my argument as well um, but uh, I ended up trading in some old games and picking it up anyway um, it's definitely a fun game but there's some little uh, nichities to it that you've really got to pick up if you want to be able to play it competitively yeah. Which control method do you like? I I don't motion control. <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as as much as I don't mind the Joy Cons, absolutely. Uh, my issue with them is is uh, they're really small. So individually in my hands, it feels kind of it feels kind of odd at times. It's not too bad when it's connected to the console and I'm in handheld mode because I have somewhere to rest my fingers. Um, I don't have that when I'm holding the Joy Cons separately. Mm. So um, I would prefer to just use a pro controller um, with the left trigger, right trigger controlling each arms. That's yeah. generally the best way for me. I prefer the uh, pro controller, but the motion controls do work pretty well. It's just the only thing, you can't throw punches as quick. Like, the motion controls just can't pick it up. Whereas, like, A and B, pressing them, you can just, like, just yeah. wail on them pretty much. Yeah. You can cycle them better. Um, I, th- I think the... Uh, I think the there's a trade-off there because um, it's easier to control the trajectory of your punches with motion controls, I feel, because it makes more sense how you throw the punch. Um, but if you want to control the tra- uh, trajectory on a controller, you have to like tilt and throw a punch at the same time, and depending on how much you tilt is how far like your right arm is going to go left or how far your right arm is going to go right. Or yeah, mm. it's kind of in that middle sense of like you could go motion controls and have more control over that or you go standard controls and just throw more punches 
that's pretty much where it comes down to with arms i feel they've definitely come a long way as far as motion controls go though like you think of the wii and they were so <laughs> insistent and in putting motion controls on everything and it'd be like stuff that you're like why why does this need motion controls can, can i not just play it regularly but i feel like with games like definitely splatoon and now arms and things like that it's so fine-tuned and they just are the way that they should be they make playing so much easier there were some early games on the Wii that made really good use of it like Wii Sports definitely and Mario Galaxy was subtle enough where it didn't bother most people but then there was crap like the waggle fists (laughs) (laughs) Mario Mario Party 8 insisted on putting it in every minigame I quite enjoyed the uh, the uh, one when you shake up the bottle for, like, for some reason. <laughs> that, that, that one entertained me when I was younger. I was like, yeah, shake up a bottle of champagne, that's fun. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Take your finger off the top, it notices your finger's gone. Yeah, that was actually pretty impressive. Well, yeah, I don't know. Kind of. I guess. <laughs> like, obviously, I'm easy to impress. <laughs> Use it in a light term. Um, but, I mean, you know... I feel like I feel like a lot of things up to this point have been a beta test for this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna that's lie. True. Like <laughs> that's where it's all led to. It's like the Wii had motion controls. We've got the two Joy Cons. You know, we've got a screen you can hold and take with you. The Wii U was that, except you couldn't leave within like 30, 30 feet. And now we've got the Switch that does both. Um, I really feel like this console has been the one that they've been trying to make for such a long time, but they're just like, man, this is expensive. We can't do this yet. <laughs> so we'll just take a component from what we're envisioning and turn it into a console. Mm. Even Miyamoto himself sort of said, like, said those, that, those words, yeah. Like, I hope, he said, I hope the Wii, I hope people understand that the Wii U was a stepping stone to the Switch. Mm. Yeah, Which absolutely. Yeah. Um, when, before, before they even announced the Switch, I was kind of like, well, I really hope that it's a hybrid, and it turned out to be, obviously. Um, and then when they showed the thing off, obviously, I was like, well, this is pretty much what they wanted to do with the Wii U, but couldn't. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I remember before the official reveal, there was all like these fake screenshots where like the screen was the controller. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't see the full screen, and it was like the weird shape, and it was just awful. Was that the oval one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that looked like so I can't believe someone actually went to the effort to like three D print a fake console. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, look, it's the Nintendo Switch. It's an oval shape for some reason, and <laughs> looks like it belongs in Back to the Future. Someone on Reddit actually, they were trying to uh, figure out because, like, they were trying to figure out what studio had the dev kit, and like they'll Google like there was a reflection of a tree in the um in the screen and I'll actually Google oh, Earthing yeah. Google oh Earthing like gosh. what studios have trees outside of <laughs> window I, I, I remember reading that it's like wow yeah, just, pe- people were that interested just wait till they announce it guys go <laughs> <laughs> hmm. they just want to go and take the dev kit <laughs> jeez <laughs> I don't know I um if does um, is there is there any gripes about the switch? Is there anything that either of you don't enjoy about it, or think they need to sort of address um, with maybe a new model when things go down the line? Or I can't think of many hardware issues that really bother me, but it's just general 
interface like you can't add friends with their name you have to write the friend code <laughs> oh yep. yeah stuff like that yeah that's a, they've still got a lot of like updating to do for the OS I think I'd like to see uh, like things like YouTube and Netflix come to it uh, like they're not uh, definitely they're not necessary but you know, it's good just to have them there mm-hmm. yeah just general apps because there's a lot of time there's a lot of uh, times there where it's like a, you you want to watch something but then you've got to like, switch over and that to like another console or just your TV where it'll be good just to stay on the switch yep using Absolutely. Xbox as a Netflix machine or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm the same <laughs> and way and especially because it's it's portable so it makes sense to have stuff like that on it yeah like you're watching a YouTube video and it's like hey check this out and you go dunk, dock, dock it in and it comes up yeah just like what they were doing with the Wii U when they announced that showing off that uh, parrot video <laughs> if you remember that you flick it towards the TV and then it shows up on the TV <laughs> yep I, I went back and I watched that you know, sometime this year and uh, like they flick up this parrot and the parrot's like good day and, <laughs> and the whole audience is like yeah what, wow <laughs> what was exciting about that <laughs> Looking back on it now, we're just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's just like, do a realistic one. Everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what it became in the end. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm. Like, lo- looking back on the Wii U, uh, were you guys happy with it or like disappointed in some things? That's a big question on this show. <laughs> it is a big question on this show. Well, the disappointment was only just them not making games that people would have liked, like, Animal Crossing or something mm. but I think I got my money's worth out of it not just from Splatoon but Smash Brothers and Hyrule Warriors of all things and yeah Hyrule I really Warriors liked, was good I really <laughs> liked I really liked the um, HD remasters of the Zelda games yeah mm. yeah, yeah definitely I think we both feel the same way like we we really we felt like we got our money's worth as well like, yeah. the library was uh, small but it was really good I feel my, my conclusion I generally come to is the software library was really good. However, the hardware was just terrible. Um, because I, for whatever reason, I had my gamepad broke, uh, sort of break on me. So that prevented me from playing a lot of games. And mm. to replace that thing or get it repaired, it wasn't cheap and it took a lot of time. Mm. Um, you couldn't just use the Pro Controller, which I already had to play just about everything I had. So I ended up having to give up Splatoon because I was like, well, I can't send my gamepad away. I literally can't afford to repair it. So by the time I looked at it from that, I'm like, well, anything that uses a Wii U gamepad is pretty much trade-in fodder now. I'm going to have to just get rid of it. And um, now that Splatoon 2 is out, obviously I get to enjoy more Splatoon. Until you um, break your Joy-Con, yeah. Until I break my Joy-Con. <laughs> no, but then I can use the Pro Controller and everything yeah. is fine. Yeah. Uh, the Pro Controller is really good for Splatoon too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely controller of choice. Though I don't mind the Joy-Cons too much. I won't lie. Mm-hmm. Like they just it. have weird button positioning. They do, like, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that the Pro Controller lasts 40 hours compared to like the 3 hours of the gamepad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when I play for a while, I don't have to play with a wire hooked up anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Definitely a positive, unlike the good old gamepad. Mm. Oof. Yeah. And the most important aspect is the fact that the Pro Controller has gyro. If it didn't, then it'd be completely useless. That's actually... 
that's a very good question actually yeah. um because i i genuinely i don't really like the gyro because i don't um i i use it on zelda for um bow and arrow because for some reason it's just it is more precise and i presume it's the same way you feel about it in splatoon but there's just something i can't get a hang of on splatoon with it how do you go about that <laughs> like with the gyro um i think it's just like anything it's just time and playing around with sensitivities especially on the switch there's the two sensitivities now there's the gyro controls and then your um right analog stick for moving around so it's just time just play around mm. with it play all sorts of different sensitivities do you use the yeah. camera reset um button a lot all the time yeah all the time yeah 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 because i was at avcon and i was just playing splatoon and a gook came up to me and he said oh you're a sticks player i'm like <laughs> <laughs> whoa right like, okay so th- this is a thing this is like mouse and keyboard yeah the type of thing with call of duty <laughs> oh god yeah yeah because um I-, I would like it if i could just sort of like move my controller and it just um use it as like a second twitch to like uh aim but if it-, it feels really weird using the stick to go left and right then only up and down with the um actual motion controls well i find it's kind of like people people i think tend to try overcomplicate it but i think for general moving around and things like that you're mostly just using the right stick you're not Mm. worrying about motion controls it's just when you've got say an enemy in front of you and you only need little movements you only need to be moving left to right for your aiming rectangle you just need the motion controls those little Mm. tiny adjustments that with a stick is just going to throw your way out yeah yep well, everyone's say- everyone who's good at the game is saying you need motion control, so I'm going <laughs> to give it a go, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I understand the concepts because um, as a like PC gamer, almost pr- almost primarily, I obviously play a fair bit of Nintendo as well, but uh, mouse movement is the same. It's the small adjustments you can make that really count for everything. And I have noticed it in Splatoon, I won't lie, um, mm. even though I play stick... I just oh it's dick <laughs> even though I play stick I notice the small adjustments it doesn't matter if I'm using like I don't know a splatter shot or an aero, an aero spray MG or it doesn't really matter it, it, I do notice how much of a difference it makes um, and I would imagine it uh, makes a lot of difference with weapons like the splat charger and stuff as well definitely mm-hmm So, uh, what are your f- uh, favorite weapons in Splatoon? Because I'm just, uh, I'm at the stage where I'm just sort of experimenting with them all, and uh, don't really know what I want to use. So, what do you guys well, primarily use? Well, a lot of players do like to use a lot of weapons, not only because they can't pick a favorite, but they like to be diverse, or they think one particular weapon is boring. Yeah, I, I'm not like that at all. I've always used the Anzeps <laughs> ever since the beginning of the first game. I've just always used those and. I'm really loving the new one that they made for Splatoon 2. Hmm. What are the changes they've made to uh, that weapon since the sequel? Um, the main weapon is identical from what I can tell, but the sub and special are different and they're both really good, so it yep. works out nicely. Yeah, nice. What, are, what about you, Maddie? Um, I play a lot of weapons. Um, I like to have a play around. I tend to 
go through phases of weapons where I'll really like something for like a few weeks and then I'll discover something else and be like, oh my god, this weapon's the best now. <laughs> but um, at the moment on Splatoon 2, I've been really enjoying the heavy splatling and the splat charger have been oh, my yeah. go-to at the moment. Oh, nice. Do you use the scope charger or the unscoped? Scoped. Yeah, I, I unlocked the scope last night and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> having that little bit of extra focus makes like a massive difference though it does leave you open to um the splat launches yeah yeah definitely it, don't want to hold that charge for too long no yeah it kills you <laughs> field of view really badly um other than that though i don't see much other problem with it unless somebody's going to sneak up behind you and hit you in the face with a <laughs> roller that's the only thing i can think of yeah what do you tend to use? I I use an aero spray at the moment because of the coverage. Um, but my favourite weapon has always been brush. It's just yeah. fun to use. I love slapping people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's easily been one of my um, like some of my favourite moments have just been like swimming super slowly, like Dana, and then just jumping up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! And like the couple times that like I haven't got close enough, but I've hit someone to do some damage, they just freak out and they just like spin. Especially on uh, Splatoon One, mm-hmm. um, when motion controls were the thing, obviously, uh, people are just like, "Oh shit, I'm getting hit!" So they'll spin, but they'll spin too fast, sort of with their motion controls, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're, like they're like firing in the air all of a sudden. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> just walk up to you a little bit closer." And... It's always fun. Um, I don't feel you get the same effect with the roller because the roller has a lot of uh, range potential if used correctly. Like uh, with the vertical uh, vertical splash. Yeah, that's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. That mechanic. Uh, sorry, you go on. Oh, just, yeah, giving rollers almost more um, movement, more range. It just changes them completely because I feel... In Splatoon 1, once the Octobrush came out, the rollers kind of became a little bit obsolete. With the regular rollers, that is. Dynamo and Carbon still had their place, but yep. the regular roller was a bit like, well, why why bother when there's the Octobrush? It's better, mm-hmm. essentially. But now with the vertical fr- flick, they're yeah, completely different. It's really strong, it's, too. I, I know I use the vertical flick a lot on Moray Towers. If somebody, like... If somebody's uh, charging base and manages to kill me, first thing I do on Moray Towers is I just jump down and just like aim at the ground as I'm falling and then just do a vertical flick. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, you're dead. That's it. I'm taking my base back. Goodbye. (laughs) It's a decent payoff as well because you have to aim your vertical flick. But since it gives you more range, that gives you more options in general. Yeah, it's it's a really strong splat because it's just I th- I think it would, I think I calculated on dummies to be like 120 damage at least Jeez. if you hit them with enough. Yeah, so it is a one shot kill. Mm. So yeah, because that's what I was using a fair bit was the roller, just the standard roller at the start, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed just the <laughs> the ability just to sort of almost just like kill them from far away. Yeah, from a decent range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. It feels to be a lot of shotgunning weapons sort of thing now with the slosher and yeah all that as well. 
I haven't used the uh, bucket online yet. Haven't you? No. Or the slosher, whatever you want to call it. What do you guys think of the slosher? Um, I've, I've never really cared for it. No? Because I'm more of a typical person who uses things like shooters. Mm. Yep. Yeah, the slosher's, the slosher's um, started to arise a bit more, especially in Splatoon 2. The <laughs> try slosher's a little oh. bit um, broken, shall we say, at the moment. No, not properly, but it's just... Common. Yeah, it's got Inkama, which is already known to be one of the best abilities in the game. Yes. Um, specials, rather. And then it has Burst Bomb, so they have the ability to Burst Cancel, which is, you know, throw a Burst Bomb and then slosh straight afterwards to decrease their kill time. Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> again, it's again it's something I unlocked recently, and uh, the reason I did ask is because I had seen... Uh, I started ranked queuing uh, on the odd occasion, um, and I noticed a lot of people using Tri-Slosh. Um, yeah. Then when I unlocked it, I went to the test range, and I realized that it came with Burst Bomb. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay then. And then I saw I... Ink Armor, which you, which you see on virtually nothing in the lower tiers, except for like Splattershot Jr. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's on anything else. And I saw it had Ink Armor, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> and then I, I like they... went towards a dummy I threw a bomb and then I just sloshed immediately after I'm like that was fast <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous and I think they I could be wrong but I think it's got increased range now from the first game I mm. think could be yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because the maps are all different yeah that's true like, the returning ones aren't exactly the same yeah. so it's hard to compare things like that but the only the other slosher that used to have that was like the vanilla slosher, I think, in the Splatoon 1. But obviously its sloshing time was a little bit slower than the tri-slosher, so now that the tri-slosher has the burst bomb and can burst cancel, it's even faster. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, so there's there's lots of these things I've got no idea about. I've got to, <laughs> it's going to take me like a year to learn all this stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately for this fellow, when Splatoon 1 came out, he didn't have a great internet access. Mm. So, so I was just shooting the CPUs in the campaign. <laughs> 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 um, I I got my time with it until my gamepad broke, which was unfortunate. But I'm I'm so glad that a sequel has come out so early for this console. Yeah, mm, absolutely. It's um allowed me to enjoy Splatoon like wherever I want basically even if it's offline I can just go into the campaign and shoot some things and just get some aiming practice but I need to try and move back to motion controls mm. that's the only thing I'm um, struggling with it sounds so weird doesn't it it's like mm-hmm. oh you know you have to use motion controls that's what all the, the hardcore players are doing <laughs> <laughs> actually um, I will I will ask you about one last thing Splatoon related before we uh, head into near the end of our show um, what do you guys think of Salmon Run? It's incredibly fun. <laughs> yeah, it is it's a so shame. cool. It's a shame that it's limited online, but the rewards are great, and it's such a unique mode that everybody enjoys playing it. Yeah, like Although, even sorry, even people like myself who aren't that <laughs> good at it, <laughs> like I, I still have an awesome time playing. Like I was playing with Bryce the other night, and we were just you know talking crap to each other and <laughs> playing it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I reckon it's, it's it's really cool. It offers something different um, 
than the regular mode because there's not that many similarities between Salmon Run and, you know, Turf Wars or Ranked Mode. Um, as a team-based game, you're forced to use weapons that you don't usually use. And yeah, but at the current rotation that's on at the moment, I'm not liking the weapons. I was playing it this morning and wasn't having too much luck. Yeah, the same. <laughs> See when I see it, when I see it opens up when I when I look at that billboard and they're talking about the rotations and then they go oh Grizzco's hiring I'm like I'm going to Salmon Run <laughs> like I'm not I'm not I'm not playing multiplayer until I've like gotten everything even if the rewards are the same every month with that shirt yeah I think I have like seven hundred copies of that shirt that I've traded in by now. <laughs> Um, even even with that, I just go there and I'm just like, I get so much money from Salmon Run. I get food tickets. Mm. I'm like, there's no way I'm passing all that up. So I'm going to I'm going to Salmon Run. I'm just gonna smash it until it closes. Um, I I feel like it's definitely the best way, uh, to get casual players enjoying something and not just getting their asses handed to them by, uh, people in because people in Reg are pretty good. I won't lie. Um, they're not obviously not top tier, but um, they know what they're doing as well because most of these people have come from Splatoon One. So yeah, um, yeah it's a real, it's really crazy right now because everyone who was really high ranks in the last game is back at a low rank with the people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really messy. And it's just like sometimes they're on your team, sometimes they're on the other team, and you just got to try your best. And with like regional matchmaking. Um, you know half of your lobby sometimes. Mm. We get lots of Japanese players in our part of the world. Yeah. And they all seem to be very good. <laughs> Usually. Yeah, I learned that the hard way when I see the, uh, the other team's full of uh, text I can't read. I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> because they have, a, they have a great following over there for Splatoon as well, though. Yeah. You know, yeah it's insane. They're massive fans of it. It's their Call of Duty. <laughs> oh gosh anyway so we're coming up on an hour so we will probably end the show there today yeah do you guys have any uh, plugs or anything you'd like to uh, uh, tell our listeners about whether it's a YouTube um, channel or Twitter well, we have a Twitter account which is yep. BR Octolings and yep. we each have our own individual Twitter accounts mine's just Spongebob mine's Medicuma Speaks and I also have a YouTube channel, which is Medicuma, which I try post um, gameplay footage, but also some guides and stuff that I'll try to do soon for oh, different. Oh, good! Um, I'll, I'll be tuning into that. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Bryce, what would you like to? Okay, so I've got a Twitter at, uh, at Bryce Dewitt that uh, I use primarily, um, and I also have a Twitch channel that's not active yet. It'll be getting there <laughs> soon. Yeah. I want to get that Elgato first. Uh, I hate waiting for the mail. Um, uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Ivy Revan, and I'll be on there plenty when my Elgato actually comes, and I can play Zelda and Splatoon and Mario Kart and all these things <laughs> I want to play on stream. Yep. And you can find me at uh, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube at iDruby, where I yeah, do lots of gaming things and talk about stuff <laughs> <laughs> and you can find the podcast on Twitter at The House of Mario and uh, on uh, was it Facebook at Pow Pows because that's our little thingamajig we do together alright yeah yeah. Um, 
and thank you guys for coming on. It's been a great pleasure to uh, talk with you guys and about the Splatoon community, E3, your personal experiences with gaming. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for having yeah. us. It's been no fun. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, you if you ever want to talk again, you're more than welcome to come back on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. You're more than welcome to play with us. Awesome. We'll yes. have to get friend codes. Yeah, we will. We'll definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> friend codes and not names. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll learn to get good the hard way. <laughs> oh, good. All right. We end the show each week with a, a segment called Nintendo Jukebox where we play some um, uh, unique uh, Nintendo remixes or original songs. This week's is uh, the final boss uh, Splatoon 2 uh, remix by Retrospector. So... Hope you enjoy that, and we'll talk to you next week. See you guys.